This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. That is Psalm 62.7. There's no particular reason why I put that in there today. I just like this. I just wanted to share it with you guys. But before we get going today, we're going to cover a lot of stuff today. We are very, very, very close to 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts, okay? So I don't know if I, like, get a plaque or, you know, if I need to throw a party or something like that, but I think we're, like, a couple of dozen reviews away. So, guys, if you have not left a review on Apple Podcasts, it is very, very easy. You go into my show, you go into the review side, you hit five stars. So I would like to get, like, 25 five-star reviews for the end of the week just for funsies so that we can go over 1,000. So, guys, if you've not left a review, please go ahead and do that. And then, again, just want to make sure I say thank you to all of our donors. Again, I, I used to do the individual emails to uh, send to guys to say, hey, thank you so much for what you're doing, but it just became a little bit too cumbersome. But I did just want to make sure that all of you that are donating to us either on a one-time basis or on a monthly basis, you are why we're able to produce the content that we produce and all the things that we're going to be expanding into in the future. And so we're just so appreciative for you guys. So in the show notes, there's a link to our donation page. It's just on daunta.life backslash donate. Make sure that you go there and hop on board. Also, just want to remind you that we are affiliated with Origin. So Origin creates some of the best American-made products you could possibly buy. So just on the generic side, they've got jeans, they've got work boots, they've got wallets, they've got belts, that type of stuff. On the jujitsu side, they have the best jujitsu geese on planet Earth. They've also got, um, oh, well, they got rash guards, they got shorts coming out, they got all kinds of great stuff. And then on the Jocko Fuel side, they've also got the, the protein, they've got the creatine, they've got the Jocko Go energy drinks, they've got a lot of supplements. And guys, if you want to use their products, you can use the promo code undaunted. Okay. So if you can spell the name of our show, you can spell that there undaunted, go to origin, Maine or originusa.com. Use that promo code at checkout. Now I want to go over a couple of things just, just real quick. So obviously uh, my voice, I'm going to be clearing my throat throughout this. I've got tea and different things like that, but I apologize to anybody that that's, you know, offended by me clearing my throat or coughing or whatever during the show. It just is what it is until we, you know, get to April and get this surgery and hopefully it fixes a couple of things. But I wanted to address a couple of things on the Joby Martin interview that was released last week. We've got a tremendous amount of positive feedback on that particular podcast because that's the third time he's been on the show. I mean, he blew everybody away with his first appearance and then, you know, everybody wanted him again. And then we did this last one and I think it's the best of the three personally. And the only thing about it that drives me absolutely nuts is you can hear me breathing through my nose the entire interview. It was so annoying. And so I guess I'm I'm talking about it to apologize to you guys. Sorry I made you sit through that cuz you're sitting there, you know, at the gym or something like that and you hear a guy just <sighs> because it sounded like I was literally trying to eat the mic with my nose. The thing was is I was a little bit sick and my left nostril because of a nose break is like 80% blocked anyway cuz my uh, septum's deviated so bad. And so I apologize for wheezing into y'all's ears the entire time. But then the only negative critique I got of the interview was towards the end whenever I asked Joby Martin about Matt Chandler and JD Greer and some of the things around critical race theory and some of the things that those guys have said and things like that. And some of you and I got a lot of DMs and emails and things like that like oh, you know, I hated his answer there, you know, it was it was a political answer and you know so uh, I think he's got a blind spot with his friendships with Matt Chandler and J.D. Greer and all those different things. And, and I hear you and I, I hear your arguments. But this is what I would say to you guys. Take your foxhole guys. OK, hopefully you have some. 
or if you listen to the interview, you know, your four corners guys, you know, your lower you through the, the roof friends, what I call my 3 a.m. friends, right? And if you were on a podcast interview that had a wide audience and somebody asked you a question where you had an opportunity to talk poorly about one of your foxhole guys, would you do it? One of your best buds, one of your, it's three o'clock in the morning, we got to bury a body. Maybe we got to kill the person first and then bury it. that guy, the, those guys that you're going to call. Would you talk trash about them? Because I'm pretty sure you wouldn't. Okay. So for those of you that were disappointed in his answer, I understand why you're disappointed, but just put yourself into those shoes because just this weekend I hung out with pretty much my entire foxhole because uh, Shelby, the stoic, some of you will remember uh, from my episodes where I've mentioned him before, uh, he's getting married here soon. So we did a bachelor party when it went out to Paladuro uh, Canyon down there in Texas and had a good time. And the thing about it is, is if I were on a podcast and somebody asked me about Shelby or Adam or Jermaine or Vinny or Rocky, or Russ, or one of these guys that's in my foxhole, one of these guys that I know is going to grab one of the corners of the mats if they need to take me to Jesus, you're not going to get me to say a negative word about those guys at all. And I have plenty of negative words that I could say about everybody because I'm one of the most judgmental people on planet Earth. But I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of that context. Again, it wasn't the overwhelming sentiment of that interview. Again, everything was ultimately positive. But on that one part right there, there are issues that he and I have talked about off air that I won't share here on air about those two guys, about other ministries, about a lots, a lots of other things. The context of that interview isn't the time to air out anything negative that you think about somebody. But also, before we get into the quick hitters for today, because today is a quick hitters bonanza, obviously, if you're listening to this on time, <clears throat> just here recently, there was the shooting at a school in Nashville, a Christian school in Nashville. And so I'm recording this literally about 24 hours after it happened, Okay. And what everyone's doing right now is they are rushing to Twitter and rushing to Instagram and rushing to news uh, sites and they're rushing to all these different places in their podcasts to give you their thoughts on what happened there. Believe me, I have a lot of thoughts, but I think it's somewhat inappropriate right after something like this to just rush to judgment, rush to pointing finger, fingers, rush to you know putting information out there. And the reason why is because even just in this 24 hours that we've been looking at this story, narratives have changed. Things have shifted. A lot more information has been released. Literally, right before this, a buddy of mine who's a police officer in Kansas sent me a video of the um, the body cam footage from the officers that actually engaged the shooter, the killer, the murderer yesterday. Okay, and so got you know got me all fired up and got me thinking about Uvalde and all these different things. So next Thursday on the podcast, assuming things you know go well or whatever, that's going to be my last solo episode before my surgery. I will address the Nashville school shooting, but I'm not going to do that today because I want to let the situation breathe for a little bit. I want to be able to gather my thoughts, but also I want to be able to understand more so what happened. And the only way you're going to do that is if you wait and see. So I will go ahead and do that. But for today, this is a quick hitters bonanza. And I love that episode title because bonanza is just an awesome word. I think we should use it more often in modern society. But because of how the first quarter of this year has gone, because of the interviews that I've had, some of the travel that I've done, some of the topics that I've uh, talked about, I have just had quick hitters just on my phone, just one right after another, right after another of things I wanted to talk about on the show, but it just didn't feel right. The timing just wasn't right really since December. <clears throat> and so I had all these on, on the docket. And I was like, 
dadgummit, you know, I've only got a couple more solo episodes before my surgery and who knows what life's going to look like after that. I've got to get my thoughts out on these things as opposed to trying to narrow it down to like, you know, five or six. And so today I think I counted up. It's 25 or 26 different things that I'm going to be doing today. I'm going to cover one thing here in a second, but whenever we get to the quick hitters, it's just going to be real, real quick. I'm going to try to do like one to two minutes on all these stories. And the thing is, is, uh, and I'll talk more a little bit about it here in just a second, because the one story that I did want to spend a little bit of time on today is what happened in my state of Oklahoma. And this isn't just for the people in my audience that are from Oklahoma. This is for all of us to understand kind of where we are in the fight, in the the pro-life fight, the fight for life, because the Oklahoma Supreme Court somehow found a, what they're calling limited right to abortion in the state constitution. Okay. So I'm going to actually read a little bit from a news story pertaining to this by the state newspaper, the Oklahoman. So let me go ahead and read that here. The Oklahoma Supreme Court on Tuesday, March the 21st, ruled that the state constitution includes, quote, an inherent right of a pregnant woman to terminate a pregnancy when necessary to save her life, unquote. The court struck down one law passed by the legislature to criminalize abortions, but left another in place and took no position on the broader question of whether there is a right to elective abortions, effectively upholding strict anti-abortion measures in place since last year. Quote, we make no ruling on whether the Oklahoma Constitution provides a right to an elective termination of a pregnancy, i.e. one made outside of the preserving the life of the pregnant woman, as we have defined herein, unquote. And that's the, the court's majority opinion. That's from the court's majority opinion. The five justices formed the majority are Yvonne Coger, or Coger, I can, don't know how to say the name, James R. Winchester, James E. Edmondson, Douglas L. Combs, and Noma Gurich. And the dissenting were Chief Justice J- um, M. John Kane the fourth. Sorry, I'm bad with Roman numerals. Vice Chief Justice Dustin P. Rowe, along with Justices Richard Darby and Dana Cohn. And so the case was brought by abortion providers and reproductive rights groups led by Oklahoma Call for Reproductive Justice. It challenged laws approved by the Oklahoma legislature to ban most abortions in the wake of last year's U.S. Supreme Court decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, striking its precedents that legalized most abortions. The majority opinion pointed to the constitutional provision that states, all pers- that states this, quote, all persons have the inherent right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the enjoyment of the gains of its own industry, of their own industry. That section, the court said, stands as the basis for protecting a woman's right to terminate a pregnancy in order to save her life. So I, I just want to read that last little part again because I, I messed up the quote just a little bit, but just let me go back and read this. The majority opinion pointed to the constitutional provision that states all persons have the inherent right to life liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the enjoyment of the gains of their own industry. That section, the court said, stands as the basis for protecting a woman's right to terminate a pregnancy in order to save her life. So everyone has the inherent right to life, except for those living in the womb, according to the majority opinion. Now, Governor Kevin Stipp, said uh, this after a statement after the ruling said this alarmingly this activist majority acted out of hand by making a policy decision that belongs to the people and then chief justice kane said it best in his well-written dissent this court should adhere to the constitution given to us not craft what we believe to be a better constitution the power lies with the people furthermore in their 20-page opinion not once was there any mention of the unborn Okay, so we need to do a little bit of a reality check on this particular story because, you know, it's just such a frustrating story. And I'm I'm glad Kevin Stitt was so, uh, you know, really over the top with with calling these people out, calling them an activist majority, because that's exactly what they are. So the reality check here is that the state constitution of the great state of Oklahoma has 
zero mention of, much less any direct allowance for any Oklahoma woman to kill her baby while it is still in the womb. None. None whatsoever. And if you don't believe me, I have literally provided you a link in the show notes to the entirety of the Oklahoma State Constitution, and I defy you to read through that and find something that says explicitly that a woman should have a right to murder her child, whether they be located in the womb or outside of it. Find it. Go ahead. Because the Supreme Court Chief Justice here in Oklahoma, Justice Kane, is spot on in his commentary, okay? It is the court's job, and, and frankly, any high court's job, to adhere to the document. That is their job. What does the document say? It is not their job to craft a better document. It's simply not their job. That is the job of the people of that jurisdiction and their chosen representatives. That applies at the local level all the way up to the federal level. That's how a constitutional republic is to operate. Now, for me and my money, I pray that Governor Kevin Stitt can get a couple of more of his appointees onto the Oklahoma Supreme Court before his time in office ends. So I think uh, he's going to be up in 2026 or something like that because he just won re-election last year. And so he's gotten three people in the Oklahoma Supreme Court. I hope he can knock off a couple of those other liberals, the activists that found this nonsense, okay? But also th this just kind of gives me the, I don't know, this is helpful to me that the federalist system that we're under, the federalist system, is a great thing. Because what Kevin Sint is trying to do, and hopefully what the next governor of the great state of Oklahoma will try to do, is to make the state of Oklahoma the safest state in the union for the unborn. And the thing about it is, is if you just love abortion, if you just love the thought about, you know, I've got a few kids, but gosh, I really wish I had, you know, ha it would have been easy to kill one of them had I so chosen to do so, you don't have to freaking live here. And in fact, let me help you pack. If you want to move to an abortion bastion out in California or Oregon or Washington or Illinois or New Jersey or New York, allow me to help you pack, okay? I, I, will, I will drive you out there. I will drop you off. I will smack you on the tushy on your way out of my truck doors. But allow me to get you out of this state because that's how the federal system is supposed to work. You have freedom to assemble with people that are like-minded in a place where you want to live. And all the people that think the state of Oklahoma is just so backwards and all of our crazy thoughts about, you know, how parents should have rights and how we shouldn't kill the unborn and how we shouldn't just have, you know, weed shops everywhere so people can just have it, you know, for whatever. And there's still a problem with weed in this state by for sure. But that's the federalist system. You don't have to live here. I invite you to leave. But my main point on this, and you guys heard me talk about this, and it certainly won't be the last time I mention it. The Dobbs decision was a godsend. It was an absolute godsend. But the fight is far from over. Because again, it doesn't get redder than the state of Oklahoma. It just doesn't. And yet, the decisions of five people, activists, on the Oklahoma Supreme Court is going to make it easier for some women to kill their children. Because again, if they can read into the Oklahoma State Constitution that a woman has a what they call a limited right to kill her child, how long until the right is not so limited? I think that's an important thing for all of us to get into. Now, we're going to get into the quick hitters. And again, just a quick note on this. 
I'm going to do just the headline and the big takeaway, because typically I do kind of a nice little breakdown and then I go to my big takeaway. It's just headline, then the big takeaway, and I'm going to try to do every one in under 60 seconds. We'll see how that goes. If you guys want to dig deeper into any of these headlines, I am literally providing all the links in the show notes. It's going to take me forever to upload these things to my website, but every single one of the stories that I'm referring to, they will be in the show notes. And again, these aren't in any particular order. Okay, so these are literally just how they ended up in my notes. I pulled up my notes and I just went line by line on the things that I wanted to do. They're all mixed and matched. Some are from December, some are from February, some are from a few days ago, and they're just all kind of mixed and matched. And so there's going to be some towards the end here. So I would just implore you to stick with me. There are some stories towards the end here that I think are very, very important. They just, you know, weren't in the normal cadence and I didn't really change everything up. So here we go. I've got my hot tea. Hopefully I don't burn my esophagus. Here we go. One, two, three. It's perfect. Guys, I may even take a few more sips and make it awkward in your ears, but here we go. <clears throat> Number one. All right. The post-millennial story dateline December 13th of 2022. Here's the headline. Woman now defined as anyone who I identifies as a female. And that's from Cambridge Dictionary. Okay. So the big takeaway on this story is if you can control facts, then you can control truth. Because this is Cambridge Dictionary saying that woman is now defined as anyone who identifies as a woman, which is not what the word means. Because, a, you know, a foot is not anything that identifies as a foot. A cat is not anyone that identifies as a cat or anything that identifies as a cat. But what this is an attempt to do is to control language. This is very Orwellian. This is very 1984-ish. But they're trying to control facts. Because if you didn't know about all this hubbub about the changing of genders and, and standards and all these different things, and you just go to the dictionary to look at what a woman is, you're going to be like, oh, well, it's anyone that identifies as a woman. Obviously, Cambridge Dictionary isn't trying to get over a political point on our culture, are they? So there's that one. All right, next one here. CNN story dateline February the 10th of 2023. The headline, Utah governor signs bill banning gender affirming hormone treatment and surgery for minors. Okay, so before my big takeaway, amen. And round of applause for the Utah governor for the, this bill that's banning so-called gender-affirming hormone treatment and surgery for minors. But here's my big takeaway, and it's just like the last story. This is an exercise in controlling language. Because again, this is CNN, very, very left-wing. They use the term gender-affirming hormone treatment. The reality is there's no such thing as gender-affirming treatment because we don't need doctors to affirm anything they can just recognize this person is male or this person is female because breaking news, there are only two options, okay? And these, these people that want to bring up intersex or any of those types of things, there are still categories from which we can define and, and put these people into and also to have care therein, but it doesn't involve a seven-year-old girl that thinks she's a boy cutting off a piece of her arm, sewing it to her crotch and saying, yeah, it's a penis, right? That's not how any of this works. Our next story here, the New York Times story dateline, February the 26th of 2023. The headline, lab leak most likely caused pandemic, energy department says. So here's my big takeaway here. <clears throat> it's always just a conspiracy theory until it isn't. Because do you remember very early on, I forget who it was. It was uh, one of the Weinstein brothers that was on the Joe Rogan experience. And they're like, Joe, I just got to be honest with you. This, this had to have leaked from that Wuhan lab. There's none of the markers here that showed that it jumped from a pangolin to, you know, some Chinese guy in the wet market. There, there's nothing here. And now here we are three years later, and that is what everyone assumes happened is that it escaped from the Wuhan lab on accident. 
Now, I seem to think that it may not have escaped uh, on accident. I think this may have been part of a plan by the Chinese Communist Party that just kind of got out of hand. But again, everyone was called a conspiracy theorist. A lot of people lost their jobs. They lost their right to, to post their thoughts online because they pushed this, you know, supposed conspiracy theory. And now here we are. Our next one here, New York Post story dateline, December the 23rd of 2022 headline, top school principal hides students academic awards in the name of equity. So if you didn't hear about this story, there was a principal that there were kids in his school that got national merit honors. That means you, you scored really, really high on the ACT and I think the SAT as well. And that could get you a full ride scholarship to a lot of schools here in the country. But the, the, School uh, administrator, the principal, hid those students' academic awards because the students that got those awards were there were too many white people and too many Asians. So my big takeaway here is this is living proof that quote unquote equity is not equality. Because here you are in this tremendously uh, astute private school, the people of all you know races and, and ethnic backgrounds and all these different things, and yet the single administrator, the principal of the school, was going to try to do what they could to even the playing field anymore. What equality is, is you should have a quality of opportunity. What equity is, is we are going to force outcomes based on our leftist woke worldview. Okay, next one here. WHNT News 19 story dateline January the 7th of 2023 headline. New Louisiana law requires age verification to view porn sites. And so this is a great thing. My big takeaway is Porn in and of itself should be illegal, but this is a great start because you are having children that aren't having to do anything. They just say, are you 18? Yeah, yes. And then they can go watch all manner of porn, including child porn, rape porn, violence porn. There's murder porn out there. Are you guys familiar with this? There's porn where they are raping a woman and then they murder her. These are all things that are just out there on the internet that anybody can watch. So there is no value to pornography to polite society. None whatsoever. That's why I think it should be completely illegal. But it is a tremendous negative to children. And so this law requiring that you have to verify your age before you can go to porn sites is a fantastic start. All right, Fox News story dateline January the 11th, 2023 headline, 210 Democrats vote against bill requiring medical care for babies born alive after abortion attempt. Okay, so this comes up a couple of times a year, but they do a vote what what this bill would require is if you're an abortionist, right, which is, you, you know, you're a murderer, you're a murderer for hire, but you suck at your job and you try to kill this baby and you, it just didn't work out. And now the baby is now outside the womb of the mother alive. What this would require is that you would have to use your skills as a physician to save that baby's life, to preserve that life. 210 Democrats voted against that bill. So my big takeaway here. Please explain to me how the Democratic Party in the United States of America is not the party of death. Please explain that to me. Go back to the State of the Union address from this year when Joe Biden was <laughs> muttering his way through it. The biggest applause line for the night uh, when they were, was when they were talking about abortion access. And Democrats were basically throwing a Mardi Gras parade whenever Joe Biden said he wants to make it easier for women to kill their children. Right? So. When people are like, oh, you know, we just want to we just want to have a discussion and there's a middle road on everything. No, there's not. The two major parties in America, one wants you to be able to kill your baby for any reason whatsoever up until the moment of birth and to have it paid for by taxpayer funds. And the other party in general is against that. The Democratic Party is the party of death. Full stop. All right. Next one here. 
PBS story dateline, February the 20th, the 2023 headline, teenage girls experiencing record high levels of sadness, violence, and trauma, CDC says. So there's a whole lot that goes into a story like this. I wish I could give it more time, but here's my big takeaway on this. Get your girls off of social media. Get them off of it. Take them to church. Take them on dates, dad. And and not just the girls, your boys as well. Get them off of social media. Because these teenage girls, not only are they comparing themselves to these fully developed women, many of whom are using filters to make themselves look even sexier, and they're feeling as if they are not good enough, right? So it makes them sad. There's also girls that are watching porn just like little boys are. A lot of people are like, girls don't watch porn. Of course they do. And so they see these women being dominated, being smacked around, being in pain, being raped, and they think, oh, well, in order for me to satisfy a man, I have to let him do these things to me. So they open themselves up to violence. And then you have all this nonsense about the the gender confusion and all these other different things. A lot of these things start on TikTok. They start on Instagram. You can just watch porn on Twitter, like just full on porn on Twitter. And so to these parents out there that don't want to be the weird parents like, oh, you know, I don't want my my daughter to be the only kid in school that doesn't have a TikTok. And I I don't want my daughter to be weird, not have a smartphone. Why in the world would that be your main motivation? Because these things are destroying young ladies in this country, destroying them. And if you look at TikTok, TikTok, that's the most nefarious because the Chinese Communist Party is trying to destroy your children. They're trying to. They're going to at least make them a zombie because they're just going to sit there and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll for hours at a time. So parents, you are in control of that phone. You are in control of their access. You can't stop them from watching any and everything they they might get because they're just not going to be under your thumb the entire time. But you're just going to send them out into the world as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old with access to all this information right there on their phone, information that could cause them to eventually take their life or at least to view themselves in a horrific manner. Get real, parents. Get your girls off of social media. Take away their phones. All right, next one here. MLB.com story, dateline March the 22nd of 2023. Headline, Japan tops Team USA in dramatic finish to claim third classic title. So this is the World Baseball Classic. They hadn't had one, I think, in five or six years because of COVID. This is happening every three years or so, but it's teams from all over the world. So Japan, USA, Mexico, Venezuela, uh, Korea, even Israel, like all over the place. So they have this tournament. It gets to the championship game. So Japan had won two World Baseball Classic titles. The United States had won one. We get to the championship game, and it gets all the way to the bottom of the ninth inning. And you have one of the most epic at-bats ever because it was Shohei Otani, who's a modern-day Babe Ruth, and you had Mike Trout, who's probably the best baseball player that we've seen maybe in the last 50 years. Their teammates on the worst franchise in all sports, the the Los Angeles Angels, are just an absolute joke. But the two best players on the planet are teammates. So they've obviously never faced each other. So Otani's pitching with a one-run lead and trying to close it out with two outs against Mike Trout, and Otani just blows him away. It's one of the few times that Mike Trout has struck out in his you know, in all of his professional baseball life on three pitches. Okay, so he struck out, he swung and missed on three pitches. So here's my big takeaway, though. It actually has nothing to do with the baseball, because the baseball is awesome, but here's my big takeaway. 
people seem to love their quote unquote home country, but they sure as hell don't want to live there. Because as I was watching this tournament, especially the teams that were playing against the United States, so they played against Team Mexico, they played against uh, Team Venezuela, uh, they, they played against some other teams like that. And this game, those games were taking place in Miami. And the crowd was overwhelmingly pro, not the United States in those games. And so here you have all these people. So let's, let's take, for example, Team Mexico, because Mexico just obliterated Team USA. It was like 10 to 2 or something like that, just smoked them. And you have all these Americans that are flying their Mexican flags, wearing their sombreros, chanting for the Mexican team. And the Mexican team is filled with a lot of Americans that have Mexican heritage. And this happened all across uh, these different places. But you have all these people that are cheering and screaming and going crazy for a country that they refuse to live in, whether they got here legally or not, they refuse to live there. And yet they're showing all this pride for a country that doesn't actually represent them because they don't live there. I will never, ever understand that. Because here's the thing, I'm Irish, right? I'm very, very proud of my Irish, proud of my Irish heritage. So if I'm watching like the World Cup or something like that and Team Ireland's playing, which I don't even know if they would ever get to the World Cup, I'm all about it. I'm going to be cheering for them. I'll wear the flag. I'll wear the jersey, all those different things. But if they ever play against the United States of America, you, why in the world would I root for Ireland? Like, just because my ancestors used to live there, even if I had, had lived there originally, I have chosen now to be an American. I'm an American citizen. So have some pride in your own country. Or if you are such a huge fan of the country you came from, I bet they'll welcome you back. <laughs> it's probably actually going to be harder to go back there than it would be to just stay here. So something to think about. Next one here. This is a YouTube video that was posted about a month ago. The title of it is Chris Stapleton Sings the National Anthem at Super Bowl. And here we go with Roman numerals again. What is that? Uh, 57? Super Bowl 57. So here's my big takeaway. His rendition of the National Anthem is immediately in the top three of National Anthems ever performed. So Whitney Houston is seen by, by many to have the, the GOAT performance in that. There's another one that no one really talks about that is up there in the top three, and that's Carrie Underwood. Right, she did a fantastic one, and then you have Chris Stapleton, and I remember sitting at my buddy, my buddy Adam's house, and we're doing a Super Bowl party, and I'm I'm kind of you know I like to stand up for the national anthem even if I'm watching at home just to be respectful, and I mean, it just everybody was hushed, listening to his national anthem, and you see videos of like players and coaches crying on the sideline, and man, it was I got choked up myself easily in the top three. The videos in the show notes, you should definitely check it out if you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, next one here. Huffington Post story, Dateline, March the 10th of 2023. Headline, Colin Kaepernick says his white adoptive parents perpetuated racism. This guy is so exhausting. So my big takeaway with this one is Colin Kaepernick is a whiny, fake, inconsiderate, ungrateful, garbage human. Those white people basically saved Colin Kaepernick's life. Because Colin Kaepernick had a black father and a white mother. The black father disappeared and the white mother gave him up as opposed to just killing him in the womb, which she could have done and everyone would have cheered her on. She had him and gave him up for adoption. And this white family that had lost two children previously took Colin Kaepernick in and raised him as their own. And yet now that Colin Kaepernick needs to sell a graphic novel, he's pretending that his white family that protected him and cared for him and helped him become the man that he was in terms of an athlete, a pro-level NFL star. Now it's convenient for him to call his parents basically racist. 
They called him to question that he wanted to wear his hair in cornrows. And so they perpetuated racism. Colin Kaepernick is a fool. And I hope he gets found out because this is absolutely reprehensible, reprehensible behavior. I would love to hear from his parents kind of how they feel about the whole thing, because here they are being maligned in the media. Now there are millions of people that think, oh, well, they were just racist as they were raising a mixed kid out of an abundance of love in their hearts for children. Absolutely horrific. Our next one here, Summit News story, dateline February the 8th of 2023. Headline, report, Church of England may drop male pronouns he, him, and our father to describe God. So, as you can tell from the headline there, this hasn't been done yet, but my big takeaway on this one, this will 100%, without a doubt, happen eventually. The Church of England is essentially no church at all. Uh, England, as a country, is post-Christian in its origin. Like, um, there's, there's basically, we're in single digits of people that actually identify as Christians in, in the UK at this point. This will 100% happen because the go along to get along people that I want to be known for what I'm for, not what I'm against Christians. There's a lot of those running the church of England right now. They will eventually go to gender neutral language. It's 100% going to happen. Next one here. This is actually a tweet from Andy. No, on February the 7th of 2023. Here's the tweet. A mob of trans activists took over the Oklahoma Capitol building to try and stop the state's Republican lawmakers from passing a bill or passing bills that would outlaw the transitioning of minors and require teachers to inform parents if students identify as trans. So here's my big takeaway. When those trans activists took over my state capitol, that was worse than 9-11. Isn't that how this works? So if, if there's a mob of people or something like that and you disagree with them politically, you have to say it's the worst thing that's happened since 9-11. Actually, it's worse than 9-11. It's like 10 9-11 stacked on top of one another. These trans activists that took over the Capitol, ignored the security protocols. Is that how we do it? Now, I'm not so stupid to believe that what the trans activists did in Oklahoma is somehow the same as what happened on January 6th, but... It's amazing that most people didn't hear about this story, about these activists, these protesters that took over a state capitol building. Do you remember hearing about this story? Probably not. But again, when you try to make something more than what it is, you end up looking foolish unless the media is behind you. And then I guess you look like a genius, right? All right, next one here. Fox News story dateline March the 6th of 2023 headline. Tucker Carlson releases exclusive January 6th footage saying politicians and media lied about Sicknick, the QAnon shaman. So this obviously re relates to the final story or the, the previous story. Rather, here's my big takeaway. This footage that Tucker Carlson released here a few weeks back should change how we think about January 6th. But it was still really bad. So I, I hate the people on the right that can't see this for what it is that can't call balls and strikes. They love Trump so much. So they just have to assume that January 6th wasn't a thing. January 6th was still really bad. Now it's not nearly what we were fed by the media. Cause when you have this QAnon shaman guy with his face painted and his beard and his Buffalo hat and all that, just walking casually around the Capitol, you have, you know, uh, police officers, Capitol police just opening doors for him. It's certainly not the idea that we got. Because the media wants you to believe that the United States of America, that are, that are, you know, democracy almost ended, even though we're a constitutional republic, that we were this close. We, we were just a hair away from losing everything that this country has been for the last, you know, quarter of a millennium. It's just flat out not true. Was it bad that some people went in there with ill intent? Absolutely. Should it ever happen again? No. 
are there a lot of questions to be asked about why did the the you know people that run DC and why did all these people make sure that there weren't as much police presence there that day? Aren't there a lot more questions that need to be asked? Yeah, but stop with the January 6th was no big deal thing. It was a big deal. We weren't close to losing our republic. They cleared the, the Capitol within a couple of hours and then you know they took care of certifying the election. It was a bad thing. It's not the craziest thing that's ever happened, but it wasn't a nothing burger. Our next one here, Grammy.com story. So here's the headline. Watch Sam Smith and Kim Petras deliver a devilishly provocative performance of Unholy at the 2023 Grammys. So here's my big takeaway. All of you have seen this at this point. You've seen Sam Smith up there. He's that fat dude in all of his, you know, red clothes, pretending to be Satan and all this other stuff and all, all the red, you know, lights and all those different things. Pop stars using satanic imagery is nothing new. This is not new. People were pretending like this is the first time we've ever seen something like this. It's just not. But here's my message for conservatives. Stop acting like these major award shows, like, like the Grammys and the Oscars and the Tonys. Stop pretending like those shows are relics of the past and then spend a crazy amount of time talking about what goes on at them. So even people that I like, like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and, and Chad Prather and, you know, Glenn Beck and all these people, they love to make fun of these shows and, you know, how low their ratings are and, oh, nobody even watches these things. But then the Grammys happen on Sunday and then Monday you can be guaranteed that all of those guys are going to start their show with what happened during that, during that thing, during that awards show. And they've got something to say about what this person said there during their acceptance speech where they thanked all the non-binary, you know, beavers out there or whatever the thing was. And then they make fun of it. These things are either culturally significant or they're not. And so if you're claiming that they're not culturally significant, then stop talking about them. Stop drawing people's attention to these things, thus making them more culturally relevant. All right, next one here. U.S. News Story Dateline, January the 31st of 2023. Headline, Minnesota Governor Signs pro, or signs Broad Abortion Rights Bill into Law. And so here's the thing about this. The governor of that state, Tim Waltz, he enshrined the quote-unquote right for women to murder their babies at any point in their pregnancy. So up to the date of birth in the state of Minnesota, you can murder your baby. And they did things to make sure that, you know, just in case a Republicans ever made governor in Minnesota, which fat chance of that, but just in case that it wouldn't be able to be overturned, you know, very easily. So here's my big takeaway on this one. I hope that Governor Tim Waltz accepts Christ and repents for his actions. But if he doesn't, I hope he burns in the hottest part of hell for eternity. All right, next one here. The Christian Post story dateline March the 20th of this year. Headline, San Jose Sharks goalie boycotts pregame warm-ups over NHL Pride jerseys. So you've probably heard about this. The guy's name is James Reimer, uh, and he said he wouldn't wear the Pride jerseys because they were doing Pride Night at all these different places. And then also you remember back in January of this year, we saw the same thing with Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov. And, you know, they, they were like, no, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm not going to wear a pride jersey. I'm not going to wear something that's celebrating of sin. So here's my big takeaway on this. <clears throat> it only takes a little bit of courage from a very small number of people to create change. Because there have been teams that were going to do pride night that decided not to. Because maybe they got word that there were some of their players that, that weren't going to go along with that. They weren't just going to basically, you know, have somebody, you know, attach this worldview to their jerseys. Cause again, it's not a flag, it's a worldview. And they were like, yeah, we're just not going to do that. We, we don't want any of the negative press. We'll get a little bit of negative press for canceling pride night, but not nearly as much as if one of our players stands up for themselves. 
But I do have a question here on this one. What do the LGBTQ plus people stand to gain from a straight male, straight white male hockey player wearing a rainbow jersey? Exactly. What do they stand to gain? Because, you know, there were a lot of people that were probably uncomfortable with it that just did it. They're like, I don't really care that much. I'll wear this stupid jersey and put rainbow tape on my stick and then move on with my life. But I'll tell you what you gain and what your goal is, LGBTQ lobby, leftists, woke people. Your goal is compliance. Because some people will say these nights are for validation for these people that think a different way and that identify a different way. But I don't buy that anymore. It used to be about quiet acceptance. Hey, just accept this and just let us, you know, be gay and let us, you know, be flamboyant. Let us do our thing. Let us have our parades. But now they want your full-throated support, forgive the pun. That's what they want. That's what they want from you now. It used to be just quietly accept us. Just let us do our own thing. Now it's like we demand that you wear our flag. And if you don't do it, you're a bigot and we will ruin your life. So one thing that I love about these guys, this Provorov guy and this Reimer guy, immediately when those guys stood up, Their jerseys sold out everywhere where their jerseys are. So that's one good thing because those guys do get a cut of that. It does actually go to the stupid team as well. But I guess that's the thing. Like I I started to watch the NHL because I was like the NBA and the NFL got too woke for me. And then the NHL is like, yeah, hold my beer. And so it's like I picked the Boston Bruins and they're having like, you know, the best season ever or something like that. Now it's like, can I not watch hockey anymore either? What sport can I watch? I guess I'll have to stick to fighting. All right. Next one here. CBS News story dateline February the 14th of 2023 headline Nikki Haley announces 2024 presidential bid mounting first GOP challenge to Trump. So here's a big takeaway. We're over in a month, a half, month and a half past that. And I think aside from uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, there, there aren't any other people that are in this race. So it's basically Trump, Nikki Haley and Vivek. But here's my big takeaway is I like her. I like Nikki Haley. I, I see some really, really good things there, but she has no shot at this. Like none whatsoever. This is a two horse race. Okay. It's Trump and DeSantis. That's it. The problem I see, and this gets into kind of the, you know, the conspiracy theory land, every single person that joins that's not named Trump, named Trump only hurts DeSantis because Trump is the dominant hegemon in this race. And DeSantis is clearly number two, but all these people, you know, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, like all these people are only going to be taking big chunks from DeSantis's support. They're going to be splitting off of his support, which is going to make it easier for Trump to get the nomination, which is going to make it way easier for Biden to keep the White House. All right, next one here. The Western Journal story dateline February the 2nd of 2023 headline. New Jersey Republican lawmaker killed an apparent targeted attack. So this was Republican council member from New Jersey named Eunice Duumfor. And so she's a young black woman. Okay. But my big takeaway on this one is, do you remember hearing about this story? I bet you don't. Because a young black woman was targeted for murder and the media didn't run with it. And the media loves it when black people are targeted for murder, even when they're not. They'll make it up. Could it have anything to do with the fact that she was a conservative? That she was a Republican? All of a sudden that isn't newsworthy? That a young black woman, conservative Republican, was murdered and they meant to murder her? Again, you're being constantly targeted by the media for attention. And they're always pushing a narrative. So the fact that this story didn't make it into your ear holes is another reason why you should pay attention to what the media is trying to feed you. 
All right, next one here, CBS News story, dateline January the 9th of 2023. Here's the headline. Consider drugs and surgery early for obesity and kids, new guidelines say. Waiting doesn't work. So this is a, a whole thing saying that if your kids are fat, just get them on drugs, get them on surgery, because just waiting it out, seeing if they'll you know stretch out or seeing if, if things will go better as they age, it just doesn't work. Here's my big takeaway. Okay, buckle up. There is no such thing as a fat gene. Okay. If you're fat in 2023, it's because you choose to be. It's because you choose to move too little and eat too much. And if your kids are fat in 2023, it's because you're an awful parent. Because when I see these kids that are just significantly overweight, and then you look at their parents, and collectively, mom and dad are 100 pounds overweight, what you're doing is you're, you're setting your kid up for a lot of medical issues and death. Because one of the biggest causes of death in this country are physical ailments that are caused by being fat. So some of you are like, oh, I'm just big bone. I'm just big guy. Everyone in my family's big. There's no such thing as a fat gene. There are people that are like Samoan people that are like really, really thick. They've got big bones and all those different things. And you're never going to see just this bulging, you know, a Mr. Olympia six pack. But you don't have to be fat. And you certainly don't have to be so fat that it's causing you physical problems. So no. Do not consider drugs and surgery for your children. Move more, eat less. Children do not need to be on drugs. They don't need to get their tummy tucked. They don't need to get, you know, their, their stomach stapled or any of those types of things. They need exercise. They need you to throw away the PlayStations. They need you to hide the phones and tablets. And they need to go outside and sweat. That's what they need. And that goes for you parents as well. Our next one here, American military news story dateline, December the 20th, 2022 headline, Marine Corps may drop ma'am and sir over gender neutral concerns for drill instructors. Big takeaway on this one. I guess so much for being good at killing people and breaking stuff. Because that's what the military is supposed to be about. Killing people and breaking stuff. But now we're worried about these little snowflakes, these 18, 19 year old folks that are coming into boot camp being offended by the words ma'am and sir. Guys, it doesn't look good. When you talk to dudes that are in the military right now and we see these videos of, of cadets and people in boot camp and it's just like, crap. I really hope World War III is not around the corner because we are screwed if those are the people that are going downrange. And then you've got these ads coming out from the Biden administration about this Marine helmet with rainbow bullets. It's like our focus is not in the right place. Because we're giving a lot of money to defense, but then we're not setting our people up in order to make a strong defense. Our next one here, Daily Caller story, Dateline, December the 20th of 2022, headline, pro-life activists arrested for praying silently outside an abortion clinic, advocates say. So this happened over in the UK. A lot of you probably saw this video. This woman, uh, they, they made this law where it's like you can't be within you know so many feet of a abortion facility where they're basically murdering children. This woman goes and stands outside an abortion facility and is literally quietly praying to herself. She's accosted by these police officers. They ask her if she was praying and she says yes, and they arrest her. So my big takeaway on this is this woman was cleared of her charges. As far as we know right now, that's the update on the story from December, but it won't always be that way. You can be guaranteed that pro-lifers and Christians will eventually be thrown in prison in Western countries. It's inevitable. There are already pro-lifers and Christians that are in prisons all over the world. There are some that are unsummarily you know, executed or, uh, you know, uh, something like that. I don't even think unsummarily is a word, but you know, they're, they're just killed for their, their beliefs and their views. Okay. This will 100% happen in Western countries. 
where we're already seeing the writing on the wall in a place like the UK, where women can't silently pray outside of a facility where children are being dismembered via suction tube? Really? Where women are being given drugs where it causes violent convulsions and the baby basically burns alive inside her womb and then is expelled from her womb violently? That's okay. But man, we just can't have these Christians praying. Writing's on the wall, guys. Our next one here, NBC News story dateline, January the 13th of 2022 headline, Boston unveils a new sculpture honoring Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King. So you guys have seen this obviously by now it went super viral. It is an absolute monstrosity. This, this big thing, it looks like arms that are turds that are holding each other that are, it's just, it's, it's nonsense. So a few big takeaways here, postmodernism ruins everything. This is what happens. Postmodernism gives rise to uh, gives rise to modern art, which is just trash. When you look at modern buildings versus buildings that were built a thousand years ago, like these monasteries, these gorgeous buildings, that's what you get whenever you're like, ah, oh, we're just going to be efficient and try to make something, uh, and you know, it's just, nothing really matters. Here's the other thing: it's going to rub some people the wrong way, but it is kind of weird that they made a statue representing MLK embracing a woman that he likely had sex with far less frequently than with other women. Because during his heyday, I bet Martin Luther King was having a whole lot more sex with a whole lot more women that was not named Coretta Scott King. That's one thing about Martin Luther King's resume that no one really talks about, is the guy was a sexual deviant. There's actually evidence that he was involved in some rapes. That doesn't disregard all the amazing things he did in terms of uh, race relations here in this country, but it does tangent a little bit. Another reminder to not put your faith in people that you like or people that you look up to, okay? Regardless of who that person is, they can and will let you down because they are a sinner in need of a savior, okay? Here we go into the next one. The Guardian story, dateline February the 2nd of 2023. Headline, Ron DeSantis announces plan to block DEI programs in state colleges. So basically what he's trying to do is he's trying to defund and get rid of all of these departments at these colleges that are pushing diversity, equity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. So they're going to call it different things. Just like, you know, when finally conservatives found out what CRT meant, that it meant critical race theory. And then when they found out what critical race theory actually is, the people on the left started changing the name of it. It's like, oh, this isn't critical race theory. This is just us dividing our kindergarten classroom, putting the kids of color on one side and the white kids on the other side. And we're making the white kids kneel down and tell the kids of color, we're so sorry that were, you know, basically generational oppressors, but it's not critical race theory. So here's my big takeaway on this one. It's one thing to decry DEI and all the things therein. It's another thing entirely to actively try to destroy it. There are a lot of Republican politicians right now that are raising a lot of money saying DEI is terrible and we need to get rid of that. And we need to make sure that we have, you know, quality, not equity and all those different things. And then they're not doing jack to fight against it. Nothing. But Ron DeSantis, DeSantis, an actual leader, an actual guy that is willing to get things done, a guy that will have no problem walking into someone's office and being like, yeah, this whole office doesn't exist anymore. You have until the end of the day to pack your crap. That's what we need. That's why I would support a guy like DeSantis running for president. He hasn't announced yet because he's not just going to say it. He's not just going to raise money. He's not just going to do rallies. He's going to actually get it done. Our next one here, we have a tweet from Steve Mazzi. Uh, he is a SCOTUS reporter for The Economist, and this was on January the 19th of 2023. Tweet, breaking. Supreme Court announces its investigation into the Dobbs opinion leaker has come, to, has come up short. The court is unable to identify a person responsible by a preponderance of the evidence. So 
We all remember when the Dobbs decision was leaked early. Alito's decision was, for a majority decision was leaked early. And then we're thinking to ourselves, okay, it had to have been, you know, one of the liberal justices, had to be one of their clerks or something like that. And then they do this big, you know, elaborate investigation. And then they say, yeah, well, we couldn't really find out who leaked it. My big takeaway here, I call BS. I call BS on that. There, there aren't just thousands and thousands of people that work at the Supreme Court. It's really not that many people. We're talking about dozens of people, okay? And you're telling me that you couldn't find the person that sent the PDF to the, to the folks in the media? You can find that person that sent it to Politico? Really? I don't believe that for a second. But here we are. I guess history will swallow this person up. We'll never know who actually did it. All right, next one here. This is a headline from me. We only got a couple left, and here I'm writing my own headline. And here's my headline. Steven Crowder takes on the Daily Wire ends up looking like a fool. So a lot of you are well aware of the situation. So you've got the Daily Wire. That's, you know, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, you know, Jeremy Boring, Michael Knowles, Candace Owens, you know, all those folks. And then you have Steven Crowder, who's, you know, built louder with Crowder and Mug Club and his own thing. And it, he was with the Blaze and then his contract was coming up with the Blaze and, you know, he was being shopped around. And then he comes out and does this really weird uh, you know, statement on his show where he was talking about a big conservative uh, media organization. And then he basically implies that it's the daily wire and says all these horrible things about what the daily wire initial offer was and all these different things. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Well, the next day, uh, Jeremy boring comes out and does a whole video and I'll put it in the show notes where he goes line by line through the offer that they gave to Steven Crowder and basically called him out for, you know, framing it in an inappropriate way and frankly, in an inaccurate way. And then Crowder comes back and says, no, it's actually this way. It's actually that way. I actually care about uh, content creators out there and all these different things. And perhaps he does. And we, we don't really know where this is going to go because Stephen Crowder just started to show back up uh, about a week or two ago. But my big takeaway on this is Stephen Crowder accomplished nothing with all of this hubbub that he created, except for alienating millions of conservatives and pushing them away from his content. Because, you know, in terms of like conservative content, I love Ben Shapiro. He's wicked smart. I don't agree with him on everything, but that's where I go. But then I would also listen to Steven Crowder. I never really thought most of the stuff that he did was funny, but I did like his commentary on a lot of things. Like I wish he would release two separate shows, one show with all the, the comedy and all the people trying to be funny. And then another show just with his takes on news stories, right? I, I wish we could have two separate shows because, you know, one show is an hour and the other show would be like 10 or 15 minutes. But he just came off looking so petty, so foolish, and like he just didn't know what he was doing. It's like he, he, he compared the, the uh, offer from the Daily Wire to basically getting you know slave wages. And he was offered a deal that was worth like 40 or $50 million in like guaranteed money. And so it just, it was immature. It was, uh, it was just foolish. I, I keep going back to that word. It was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're taking on this giant in the Daily Wire, but also those are your friends. Those are your friends and you're throwing them under the bus to what, to get more emails on your email list. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. All right. We're going to go to the very, very last one here, guys. We made it, but here is from the March for Life. And this is a speech that was given on January the 20th of 2023. And that is Jonathan Rumi keynoting at the March for Life in January. That will be in the show notes. The whole video will be there. So Jonathan Rumi plays Jesus in The Chosen. Okay, so he gets up there. He's Catholic, very, very, very pro-life. So he's not just an actor playing Jesus. He's actually a guy that takes the words of Jesus seriously. But I'm going to read this one excerpt from Jonathan Rumi's speech that he gave back in January. 
History has been made. Life has triumphed in an extraordinary way. And the light of the world, who is Jesus Christ, the author of life, his light has burned so very brightly within each and every one of you, irrespective of your specific beliefs, compelling you forward to, for one reason or another, to stand together today to fight for the worthiest and noblest cause possible, which is to allow the unborn the right to enter into the world and defeat those earthly forces who seek to destroy the very evidence of them. I mean, just awesome. But that was just an absolutely incredible, incredible uh, speech that he gave. Again, I highly recommend that you go and watch the entire thing. It's about 15 minutes long. But here's my big takeaway, and it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a left turn. Can we stop hating on the chosen, you weirdos? Because really, in the last few months, there have just been this overwhelming amount of people, especially on Twitter, that just hate the chosen. And I don't get it. They're like, oh, well, it's not biblical. It's not biblical. The show's not biblical all the way. I like Bible stuff. It's like, it's not a historical documentary. It never claimed to be a historical documentary. It's a television show, an episodic television show with multiple seasons explaining the relationship between Jesus and his apostles that he called and his ministry. Now, if you are uncomfortable with them taking liberties with the words of Jesus, because there is uh, plenty of dialogue that we don't see in the scripture, okay, I can understand that. But you have to understand that it's what it's attached to that matters. So in that episode, I think from the first season where they're about to stay at this inn, and you know the guy's like, oh, you know, got to be careful with that room; it's haunted. And the Jonathan Rumi, the guy who plays Jesus, goes, "Ooh, I want that one." Yes, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're not going to get any evidence that he actually said that. Because it's just a joke. But you have to be concerned with what liberties the chosen is taking, okay? What, if any. So if they start taking liberties with some of the miracles that Jesus did, that is deeply problematic. If they start taking liberties with some of the relationships around Jesus, some of which are, are not described in Scripture, and it changes your thoughts on the deity of him and his standing in that time in history, deeply, deeply problematic. When we get to the resurrection, when we get to the, the crucifixion and then the resurrection, if there are liberties that are taken there that change the core of the gospel message, yes, I will be the first person standing out there with a sign saying, don't watch The Chosen, it's heresy. But that's not what this is. It's an episodic show that is helping people understand the Bible stories that they've read or heard their entire lives. Now, there have been people that have cautioned People are treating The Chosen, the television show, as their Bible study. No, you shouldn't do that. You need to read the words of God that are there printed on your page or on your digital screen. Absolutely. I'm, I'm totally there for that. But at the same time, there are people that are, for the first time ever, this, the Gospels, the Scripture are coming to life. Because some people, they, they can read and they just they don't really get it. It's like, ah, you know, I don't really understand that. And the parable is kind of confusing. And they read it as if Jesus was a robot who said this thing, and then he spiritually did this thing, and I am a spiritual robot, and here's how things go. And yet, we're having actors and actresses, many of whom are not even Christians, depicting what was happening in that time. And you're going, oh, I remember reading that story. And I, there's a whole lot more emotion there. So here, here's a good example. I know I'm flowing a little bit here at the end on this one, but stick with me. But uh, the story of the woman who basically was on her period for years, okay? 12-year-old, or, or uh, it was uh, 12 years kind of doing that whole situation. And then you have 
the 12 year old girl that died that Jesus brought back to life. Okay. So two, there's several things here. It never occurred to me that this woman had been bleeding and on her period for 12 years and she was healed by Jesus while Jesus was on his way to go resurrect a 12 year old girl from the dead. And I would bet just about anything that that woman started bleeding the day that little girl was born. What do you want to bet? Was it just a massive coincidence that that woman had been bleeding for 12 years and that this little girl was 12 years old? I don't think so. No chance. Don't think so. But I've read that story several times, guys, about the kid being resurrected and about this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, being healed by just touching the, the end of his garment and how Jesus responded afterwards. But I got to tell you, when I watched that episode in season three, no spoiler alert here if you've actually read the Bible, and they set up this woman and, you know, just how downtrodden and beaten down she is in the several episodes before then. And she has full faith that if she can just get to Jesus's cloak, to his garment, that she could be healed. And then she is. And then Jesus doesn't say, all right, well, cool, you know, have a, have a good rest of your life. You're welcome for the whole, you know, uh, healing you thing. He gets on her level and he, he calls her daughter. This was a woman that was cast out from society and out from her family. No one to call her daughter. And then Jesus did. And I am in tears watching this. Because there's the drama of the little girl that died and, you know, Jesus has got to get there. He's got to do his thing. And, but here's this woman with a tremendous amount of faith. And she's been suffering in a way that, you know, the 90% male audience that I'm talking to right now doesn't quite understand, even in a little bit, much less for over a decade. And then we get to the parents that are so desperate. You have the man that, that brings Jesus, but he's too late. The girl died. The, the, the wife's angry. Where were you? Where were you while a daughter died? And there's already mourners there, and they're, they're lamenting, and they're mourning, and they're screaming, and they're singing, and they're doing all these different things. And Jesus says, get out of here. Get out of here. And he goes up and resurrects the girl from the dead. Now, sitting here with two kids, two-year-old and a one-year-old now, and thinking about what could, what could possibly be going through the parents' minds, they lose a child, and then Jesus says, nope, up, you're alive now. And here I am crying again. That's what the chosen is. It's not changing the scriptural stories. It's not changing the gospel. It's to people who don't have a deeply creative mind, it's giving them a visual representation of what that probably looked pretty close to being like. They've taken Dallas Jenkins and his team has taken a, a lot of, uh, you know, they've gone through a lot of pain to try and make the outfits uh, that these people are wearing similar to what would have been worn in the first century, uh, to, to the areas to look like it, the markets to look like it, the decorations on the wall. They, they've tried to do their best to make it as close to what we can glean as possible to what things look like at that time. And you want to sit there and be like, well, it's not biblical. And then you have people that say that that don't even watch it. They've never seen a single episode and they refuse to watch it ah, because it's not biblical. How would you know? How in the world would you know? To all these people on Twitter, they're just throwing stones and throwing firebombs. It's like, how do you know you didn't watch it? You're not watching it. What are you talking about? So to those of you that are anti the chosen that have never watched it before, specifically you nerds on Twitter, how about you just watch a couple episodes and see what you think? And if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea. Not everyone is going to like every single television show, even if the entire world would like it, right? 
There are shows that I've watched that people are like, oh, it's the greatest show ever. The Wire is one of them. What a horrible piece of garbage that show is. My goodness, I'll never get those hours back. I just kept waiting for that next episode. Maybe the next episode is going to make this all not boring nonsense. But like 95% of the people that have watched The Wire love it. They think it's the greatest show ever. I thought it was, you know, a heaping pile of trash. If you watch The Chosen and you think to yourself, ah, this is a heaping pile of trash. Great. Move on with your life. But stop hating. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So again, guys, go to the Origin website. It is here in the show notes to check out the full line of Origin and Jocko Fuel products, geese, jeans, boots, protein, energy drinks, supplements, much, much more. They've got hunting gear, all that stuff's over there. Use the promo code Undaunted to get 10% off your order. And then I've also got a link to our donation page on our website, undaunted.life backslash donate. And then every single one of those news stories and videos and tweets that I talked about. All that is going to be there in the show notes so you guys can go and check all that out there as well. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is our song Cutting the Tides, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album leveler the links are in the description i'm your host kyle thompson remember keep pushing back darkness keep forging spiritual mental and physical resilience keep seeking the lion of judah <laughs>